0: Alright, guys. Welcome to Semi Pro. Uh, your host, Coach Casey. I'm flying solo this week. I'm gonna kick it right out to my guest. At this time, I've got Shane Jones in the studio with me. So, uh, Shane, welcome to the locker room.
1: Thanks for having
0: me. Long story short, you and I met end of summer 2012 because that's when the summer the camp for the Hitmen was going on. You showed up with Josh, and I don't I don't even think I don't think you had played with them before. You just kind of, yeah, you came out because, like, some of your friends and boys were on the team. This
1: was uh, over off a little road, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, this right. Yeah, it was the practice. I
1: think think how I got noticed was I was playing, um, like, pickup games with a group of friends. (laughs) With all those guys that used to to play tackle football
0: out there. yeah. Yeah. You know, it's really funny, though, because then you turned out to be one of the better players on the team for any team that you were on for about a five-year period they literally plucked you out of playing pickup football. What's <laughs> funny because I did the same shit. Remember when that's how I found George? Yeah. George playing tackle football out there with those guys. That's how that's how I found Chris Sullivan and then his brother yeah, the Corey came I because of that
1: with a couple of them guys. Before.
0: Yeah. So it happened because We found Chris. Chris actually found us because remember when we were doing the chaos thing, Chris saw the chaos practice and was like he walked up to one of those guys like Tony or whoever the hell was running that shit show and was like, hey, you guys, you know, playing real football out here. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, hey, you know, what do you do? And he's like, I play pickup football out there. And they're like, oh, yeah, come on out. And it's like, you know, you never really want to do that because (laughs) that's just a terrible idea. (laughs) Inviting a pickup football player to a legit organized football team usually doesn't work out very well. But and as it turned out, Chris actually turned out to be a pretty good receiver, yeah. so it, did, it didn't bite us Fast. in the ass. Through him is how I found out about George because he was like, "Oh, you got to see these guys." George was the only one out there that had any muscle mass, you know, anything. He was in the gym and everything, you know. The rest of the guys are just your typical Pasco County, you know, shitholes. Like, <laughs> but it's funny that they 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 found you playing pickup ball because then, like I said, then it turns out like you you were buddies with Josh. You had a lot of friends on the team. So when I first met you, I've discussed it before, but I pretty much thought that you were dumb as shit. Uh, (laughs) I was like, (laughs) what is this guy's problem? You know, like he's, he's a fucking idiot. He doesn't get anything. You just always have this dumbstruck look on your face like you're just always like (laughs) and uh i just remember thinking like this guy's retarded this isn't gonna last very long at first i didn't like you at first i didn't like you because i thought you were such a meathead i was like he can't absorb my playbook this is stupid he's an idiot you know yada 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 well fast forward some time and i ended up having to leave that team because at the time when i was you know coaching full-time I wasn't working, and then I got a job. So I was like, okay, well now I got to reprioritize because coaching free semi pro football is not paying my bills. So right. um, I walked away from the team. And when I left, you had not made much of an impact. Then I heard through the grapevine, specifically the Levi grapevine, because Levi told me all about this. This is the when three this, or four. This is strengths. when I got so excited about you because um, we knew at that point Levi and I did that there was something else coming. He was like, You should go get Shane. And I was like, Shane, that guy's a fucking idiot. <laughs> I remember pretty much like <laughs> saying that to him. And he goes, No, man, he scored like, he's like, He had 15 catches and he, I think he scored five touchdowns in like the last three or four games of the season. <laughs> and I was like, What? Like, Shane Jones, that idiot, was scoring touchdowns? Yeah, man, he was tearing it up. He was like telling me about how you were catching like, touchdown passes in double and triple coverage and you know? And I was like, what you know they got yeah like, to me yeah right three like, defenders in and, front of me and yeah so you were just making plays all over the field and Carrying. I just I remember thinking like how ridiculous that was because like I said up when I was there you you didn't do shit and and, and you know, I, I want to just say like, I probably didn't give you enough playing time but at the time I was also being told and this is why it, it, you know didn't work out I was also being told like who needed to be on the field you know right. it was his boys and there were actually some pretty talented receivers on that team, but we had such a shit show of a passing game that it was just, you know. Um, but Passing anyway. game was prayers. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Ducks. So, so you, you ended up turning out to be a, a pretty a damn good receiver. And when I heard that, I thought, okay, this is, and I remember this, We're thinking to myself, I can build my receiving court around this guy. So right away when we were going into that chaos situation, I wanted you to be my number one and i had my reservations cuz again like i thought you were you know pretty stupid and sometimes you still are but <laughs> but uh, you i remember when we had those first couple practices where we basically decided that josh was going to be the quarterback right. you started making these ridiculous catches it, every time even if it was an easy catch sometimes you made it look hard you know what I mean? <laughs> just to look good, you would lay out for something out. that you didn't need to lay out for, just to make it look good. But it showed me that you were willing to put in the effort because nobody likes hitting the ground, and it just seemed like you lived there. You loved, you loved hitting the ground. To so this day, and, and, I still and, think
1: the ground has uh, caused more concussions on me than actual. <laughs> yeah, by other
0: prob- yeah, probably. <laughs> You're probably right because you did have a couple bad spills there where you hit your head on the ground, yeah. like back of your helmet. I remember Bad uh, didn't yeah, help either. yeah, I remember a couple of those. But you were making all these miraculous diving corner catches and st- and uh, over the middle dives between defenders and stuff and that's when I was like, okay, this is this is definitely going to work out. You're going to be <laughs> you're going to be my number one and since you and Josh are boys, this should make for a pretty good little dynamic duo. Uh, quarterback to receiver combo should be money. You hear
1: something funny. So when me and Josh were playing pickup games, it was always the other way around. Yeah. I was the quarterback. Yeah. He was the receiver. Yeah, yeah. It's funny when we put the it pads is. on, we kind of reverse. Right. The whole thing. It is though. We still had a, was like it, a rapport
0: like a report. Right. Yeah, because you guys grew up with each other. Yeah. yeah. It is funny though because we did try when we were deciding who was going to play quarterback. We started out with you and Josh. Yeah, we were both and, taking reps. Yeah, and then it just became it became obvious right away that. We didn't really have any good receivers. It was like, okay, Josh can throw the shit out of a ball, and he had a very natural drop back. You could throw the ball, but you had a lot of mechanical problems. And so it just was, why why are we even talking about this? You want to play receiver, so let's just have you play receiver. He wants to play quarterback. It just made sense. And, again, because you guys were really good friends, you did have a rapport and a chemistry together. And in practice, you guys uh, were always connecting. And... um, I, we'll, we'll get to it later, but designed a ridiculously bullshit play just because of the <laughs> just because of the chemistry that you guys had because it always worked. You were just a natural playmaker. I noticed it right off the bat. I took Levi's advice and Levi and. It's hardly ever wrong. I hope to have him on the show one day. But it, when he said that you were legit and that you made all these plays, and I was like, "Well, I didn't see it, but I'll, I'll you know, I'll take your word for it." Yeah, we didn't you, really uh,
1: have any film then
0: either. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it depends on, you know, the, <laughs> the, somebody noticed <laughs> the quality, of the organization makes all the difference, right? Because oh, yeah. I remember you were actually. On the sidelines for that team, recording shit with your cell phone just so oh, yeah, people could game, see yeah. that it was happening. Yeah, so Ira and Ty yeah, Tyrone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We start putting together a team. I basically did build my receiving core around you because I knew, like, okay, you're going to be number, my number one. So now I find and I need to find like an outside number two guy, and that's kind of where bands came in. <clears throat> Because I'm thinking to myself, okay, here's two big-bodied receivers. You're both six plus. You're both two plus. And and That's probably and, right around two hundred. And then that, yeah, yeah. At the time, yeah, you were probably six two, two oh five. Yeah, and, probably around right there. And bands is right right there, same size. So I was like, these these are two massive outside receivers who I'm still can, running can... a
1: sub five second forty. Then
0: <laughs> <laughs> you were never the most fleet of foot uh, receiver, and not we'll, at all. We'll get to that in, uh, a little later when we pull up a clip of you getting run down from behind on a sixty-yard bomb. Yeah. I think we all still give you shit about that every time we see uh, that guy catch you from behind. It's like I never saw him. How did you allow him to bring you down? I mean, even size-wise, he should not have been able to tackle you in the open field. Like, you were twice his size. <laughs> we started building receiving core, then that's when we found Chris, and I think. Right around that time is probably when Quentin started getting involved because Quentin and Kai were involved. So our receiving mm-hmm. core really was you, Banz, Quentin, Kai and and Chris. Chris yeah. And at that time I was like, Man, this this could this could really work out. Then Damo showed up. And then it was like, <laughs> Oh my God, if I could if I could get you guys on the field at the same time. And he ended up for, for the Decepticons, he ended up playing mostly defense because he was an outstanding DB. And linebacker, and he fucking did everything for the team. But when I could get you guys on the field at the same time, you guys did open each other up because yep. either, teams either had to respect him because they knew right away when they looked at him, like, Jesus, this guy's an athlete. But if the team was smart and they'd already seen us once, they knew that you were Josh's favorite target. Yep. So so they would, uh, you know, take you away or keep you short and not allow you to get the over-the-top stuff like we would get, you know, early on in the season with you guys. hmm but you you and Josh did have a magic together because you always seemed to find the opening for him. You guys just had this uh, – it's, it's hard to explain, but it's, it's a true chemistry, and that comes from being like lifelong childhood friends with somebody yeah. and growing up with them and everything. I just want to kind of talk about how you got into football because I know you, you go way back. You played Pee Wee football. I, I, I've seen your jerseys. You have a 1,000 football jerseys from all the teams that you played for and all your numbers. And yeah. So how old were you when you started playing?
1: Um, so I started uh, in flyweights, actually, for uh, the the Dunedin Falcons. Mm-hmm. Um, I lived in Dunedin. I think I was, like, seven years old, yeah. six or seven, yeah. whatever the age is for them. Um, I played for, like, two years, took a little break. I think I played, like, soccer and baseball and stuff in between, like, nothing I never really took off. And then I played football again um, when, I, when I got to middle school, actually, golf middle. That's when I, I played for the team. I think they had a rule. You couldn't play in 6th grade. You can only play in 7th and 8th grade. Okay. And I want to say they had a JV and a varsity team. Um, I think I was on the JV team my 7th grade year and 8th grade year. Never really stood out. I feel like um, the middle school football wasn't very organized. There was a lot of favorites and stuff. And just wasn't one of them
0: <laughs> and uh, at the time also you weren't playing receiver type athletic positions right like I you were was playing, playing like offensive line or something everything
1: yeah so I actually I've actually played pretty much every position on the football field I have to I've played center I've yeah. played middle linebacker <laughs> yeah I've never kicked in a game, so I've never played kicker. But, um, yeah, no, I played, but you I played were my placeholder, game. though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's kind of how my career ended, too. Um, in middle school, I mostly played um, special teams and, and offensive line, as, as scrawny as I was because I was really tiny up until uh, about my senior year in high school.
0: And then correct me if I'm wrong, but you actually did not play high school ball?
1: I did not. Um, I tried out for the team my 10th grade year. But my grades were bad, and yeah. they had rules set in place if you yeah. weren't like .0 or whatever it was, which it's I wasn't. Kinda, you couldn't play. So
0: yeah, it's kind of too bad that too because uh, those years that you were at golf, that was a really stacked team. So yeah, it would have been crazy if you got to play along with those guys.
1: Yeah, I actually played while I was in high school. I played in PAL. Yeah, uh, for the Newport Richie Bucks, we actually <laughs> won the Super Bowl.
0: So you were 14?
1: Like uh, yeah, 15. I think the league age was actually still 16 then. Oh, I think wow. I was 16. Wow. Yeah, and it got bumped down. That's pretty to old, man, yeah. 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 Um, but some of the guys I played with there, um, from there, they went to play on uh, in semi-pro and stuff, like yeah. for the Hitman, back when it was yeah. six-man. One of my friends, Brandon Sousa, I don't want really to talk to him no more, but he played with me on that Super Bowl team yeah. in Pal. Yeah. He went and played for the Hitman with his older brother, I believe, uh, and Josh and yeah. a few others, so
0: wasn't Just he a the, few years yeah.
1: after that is when i started
0: wasn't he also that hurted. that uh, brandon too so wasn't he also that uh, little middle linebacker for the soldiers he played for the soldiers too yeah yeah, yeah. he was the he was the kneebreaker yeah <laughs> he went for the he always he um, went for the knees. he was
1: our number one running back yeah. on the pal team on yeah. on the new jersey bucks and i think i think he played linebacker with the soldiers and he i remember he him he was playing, a hard hitter yeah yeah i remember
0: him playing next to was uh, the biggest guy either right yeah i remember him playing next to like tj and, yeah. and Chris chris like some of the other bigger linebackers and he was the he was like literally the diver like he oh, yeah. always like dove at your legs and stuff and like yeah, yeah, he would he would hit your I remember he didn't want his shoulder pads, that one game shins. that one game muscles was like he was like I gotta get he he got some shin pads because all Soccer the shin, shin, shin hits pads. yeah yeah and he said they got all these damn ankle biters out here but man he's like four. Uh, I remember him so you don't play high school again the, it would have been crazy if you if you played on that team because just the number of guys that went. To college out off that team, yeah, like that was one of my biggest it's, it's yeah it's, you know shit happens, man, you soul. were yeah you were you were obviously i mean uh, Girls. I, yeah and again i've i 've we 've established how I felt about you when I first met you, so clearly, <laughs> clearly, you were immature and and weren 't thinking clearly and stuff about about what you wanted to do, but when once you started playing semi-pro football, really started taking off for you because you you started making plays, you, and then you kept gradually, basically graduating from a, a backup or a fill-in guy to a, a featured guy. Yeah. By the time you made it to, you know, my team with me, like I was featuring you, whether you caught the ball or not or got a lot of catches and shit, I was trying to get you the ball. Like yeah. a lot of my offense was built around making sure that you got your catches because uh i knew that you could play and and especially in the red zone i was really trying that's one of the things one of my regrets is the fact that you didn't score a touchdown with the decepticons because of all the touchdowns i heard you about you scoring i'm like how could i not get this guy in the end zone like i tried so hard to get you the ball inside the 20 yard line to score I still a touchdown remember
1: standing in the end zone with nobody near me and
0: then nobody there were down and scary. then there were two there were two big bombs that you either got tackled, or like the one where you caught the ball in that sand trap on the East Lake field. <sighs> that both of those should have been touchdowns. So um, did the Grass Sniper get me on that one? Yeah, it was. Remember, remember they had that big the like crater. The yeah, it was went. a crater. Yeah, it was on Music City. Lost you my ran balance. the yeah, you ran the post. you ran a beautiful post. Josh rolled to his right and then threw it back across the middle, and you reached for it, and it looked like a touchdown because you were behind the defender and everything. But right where you were stepping, when you reached up to catch the ball, you stepped right in that huge crater, which was nothing that, yeah. but dirt, and you just fell down. And you fell, like, three yards away from the end zone. Yeah. It's like, no. You started playing uh, receiver for the, the chaos, which didn't end up working out, and then now we're going to get into – all the different teams you played for because you played for the Pasco County Mm Hitmen. We, you helped us form the chaos. And when that didn't work out, you ended up selling out and going (laughs) to the, to the, to the West coast soldiers, which nobody wanted you to do, but Levi also did it. So it was the smart move That's. I want, I want to have Levi on one day and talk about like the influence that he had on semi-pro football, because there was a point where, Basically, there was like forty guys that wanted to go wherever he went and yeah. wherever he was I think going. I was one of them. Yeah, yeah, right, right. So like, once the wool got pulled out from you know chaos, then you guys basically all just migrated to the soldiers, and that's mm-hmm. really when the soldiers started getting good. Uh, yeah, because all that talent went over to the soldiers.
1: That's that's when they started their uh, uprising. It was yeah. probably that that season.
0: Yeah, and that was uh, twenty fourteen. Yeah, twenty fourteen. You actually were moved around quite a bit with the Soldiers, whereas, again, like I saw you as a wide receiver, they yeah. had you playing like H-back, full-back, like slot receiver. Yeah, I did
1: a lot of blocking stuff from the yeah. backfield, yeah. Um, slot, tight yeah. end, receiver.
0: But you did catch a few passes.
1: Yeah, I caught probably four or five passes, which is not a lot, but. No, not for
0: at somebody all. Somebody
1: who was moved around a lot, I guess it's.
0: And for an offense that isn't scoring a whole lot of points. They, didn't have, that, they
1: didn't have a quarterback that year. Yeah. I think I actually took a few reps before the season started at quarterback. Yeah. Eric, yeah, I Eric think... Braithwaite was actually the quarterback when I got there. Wow. And then I don't know what happened with him. And you that know, was actually. He got uh, to do it with some coaches or something Because I think that
0: was the year that Jordy got hurt, and Nick wasn't even playing that year, was yeah. he, Martino?
1: Nope. Uh, actually, Alan Wilson ended up finishing the season as our quarterback. But we didn't have one for our first few games.
0: Yeah. From that point on, we spent an entire year and a half forming the Decepticons. Once the soldier season was over, you finished up with the soldiers. And then we started that summer trying to put the Decepticons together. And it took us from that June all the way until... The following December, before we actually had our first game, so that was like a full eighteen months of the Decepticons building their team because we had those preseason games in early twenty or sorry, late twenty fifteen, and then the season started in twenty sixteen. So we went on a full eighteen months before we got any action with the Decepticons, and that's that was a frustrating part because I remember thinking like, I gotta hope some of these guys make it this long because we have to struggle through months and months and months and months of preparation. And you were one of the original, like four guys. It was like you, Josh, Josh and I were talking about this. But remember that center, Mike. Yeah, yeah. It was like you, Josh, Mike. It was either Andrew or Stevie. Were uh, it was Givens, I think like the top four. Yeah, and then from there it was like Stevie, Chris, George, and then we mm-hmm. just started kind of like falling into place from there. But. You and Josh, like I said, you know, we're, we're making some awesome connections in practice. So then we decide – I remember it started out as like you guys did this on your own, and after you did it, I was like we're putting that in because <laughs> Josh was rolling all the way – and this, by this time we were already in pads and everything, and Josh was rolling to his right. And you were on the backside of the field. You were yeah. on the left. So for a right-handed quarterback, you're out of the equation once he starts run, running to his right. But you just basically ran a straight diagonal line 45 from, degrees from, from, yeah, from, from where you were <laughs> down the field at the goal post. That and became a route and yeah it, it, we named it a track route because yep. it was the rec- it was the backside receiver tr- yeah i know we had a hand signal yep. for it and everything um the backside receiver would track the quarterback running the opposite direction and just make sure he was staying in the line of sight of the quarterback so yeah. you ran past the safeties because once the quarterback especially with Josh being you know the squirrely-fuck running quarterback he is. Once he broke the pocket, the entire defense started running to the right with him, and you just got behind the safety running that diagonal route, and it, it wasn't even a real route, but then it became a thing in our yep. offense. And then he, he effortlessly just flicked the ball with his wrist about 60 yards yep. down the field the opposite direction to, to you because he's throwing across his body 60 yep. yards. For a touchdown, and I remember when it happened the first time without us drawing it up, I was like, "I was like, oh my god, yes! What the fuck was that?" And, and, and even the defense was like, "How the fuck did he just do that?" And then so we talked about it, and we we created because an when actual... you take off
1: on that, it looks like you're just running a slant. Nobody's yeah. expecting you to run sixty yards down the field.
0: So, yeah. Yeah. especially if Josh is rolling out. You just started doing this thing where every time we basically drew up a, a, a right side rollout, he would just track him from the backside. And against our own defense, it worked every fucking time. <laughs> like, like every time we did that. Because we would obviously, we would dress it up with other stuff to the right, you know, like rolling to the right, throwing to the right, outs, you know, goes, whatever, and uh, just kind of set it up. And then we would always come back to it, especially in scrimmage times when we needed it. And every time we ran that track route, it worked like a a, a miracle. And you were the only one who ever, like, successfully ran it because he just, again, with that chemistry with you guys, he just always felt you back there. And even if he couldn't see you, he would just flick it to you, you know. And no, he there. and and we we talked about this with Damo and Josh and stuff, but Josh has this crazy arm strength where he doesn't he can flick it from his wrist or his elbow and it'll go fifty yards yeah. on a line. He just flicked a bomb to perfect spiral. So we wrote it in and started making it a thing. And
1: Man, too bad we didn't film our practices. I'd have a crazy practice highlight reel. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> you, you scored a lot of touchdowns <laughs> in practice. That's when I started realizing, too, that you were built like a brick shit house because every time somebody would, like, run into you, uh, they would get hurt. They would they would hit the ground. Yeah, you, you this is what was so funny about it. And this shit happened in games too, but this is, this is like the Steve Bybee thing and stuff that, that like you posterized him when you fucking oh. hit him and de-cleated him and everything and he's yeah. like Oh I he, lost my balance. He's paw- yeah, he's like in midair when the photo gets taken, like <laughs> with his feet above his head, like he and, and he said he that. he said he lost his balance, but it was really he ran full speed into you and you basically He Hines, was running
1: vertically. Yeah, you
0: Heinz warded his ass. And just post it up, and yeah, remember, I don't
1: even think I really like hit him hard. I just kind of got in his way, and
0: yeah, you're like a you're hurts. like a fucking tree, bro. Because anytime <laughs> anybody ever tried to do that, they got hurt. No yeah. matter how hard somebody hit you they ended up getting hurt or picking themselves up off the ground. And that's when I was like, this guy's the fucking Terminator. That's what was so funny. You never got hurt, like, from football. Everything that hurt you was just stupid shit, like pulling a hammy or your – I remember you had calf problems one year that was really bothering you and stuff. You always had, like, these bullshit lower leg injuries just from pulling something or twisting something or whatever. But on the field, nobody could hurt you. And, in fact, they would usually get hurt. And I remember fast forward to when we one time we were doing like a full scrimmage with the War Eagles, and remember when uh, you came across the middle and DJ hit you, and DJ to uh, yeah, it's his brother. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so DJ was like a six three, two hundred twenty five pound linebacker, and he was like a chiseled from stone. He looked like a Greek god. He was like solid muscle with like rippling veins and stuff like that. He hit you as hard as he could, and it, I think we did have this on film, but I don't know what happened to it. He went flying through the air, and you were, like, standing straight up, like, what just happened? Like, <laughs> I remember
1: that. It was like a drag route like, or something. Yeah,
0: yeah, that. and yeah. you ran right into him, and he tried to kill you, and he just he killed that himself. He killed himself. That would happen in the end zone too, like when you would be in those double and triple coverage situations. Somebody would always uh say to you would try to clean your clock or something like that. You would still make the catch and then they would be peeling themselves off the ground like, What just happened? you know, like you're just built like I don't know how to describe it. It's a brick shit house. You're built like an outhouse that's made of bricks, man. Nobody wants to fuck with you. We get into the season and uh, you know, you were the leading receiver. Uh, your numbers were not what I would like them to be. But, again, this was because the passing game struggled. And this mm. was not all on Josh. Josh Josh had his issues. But think about the offensive line that the we line, had. Yeah, yeah we yeah, didn't and, have one really. And Josh and I talked about this. From the offensive line, you know, guys would.
1: Thirteen guys in Tallahassee. The
0: only guy that ever showed up to every game was Lenny. And and, and actually, and Lenny didn't even make that game. And that was the Chris uh, Sullivan fucking shit show because Chris tried to rent a bus. And uh, bring up like twelve guys, and remember how the reason why those twelve guys didn't make the trip was because Chris, everybody was depending on Chris, and Chris couldn't do it because he didn't have a credit card or something like that. So, so they wouldn't allow him to. Yeah, 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 it was all stupid. So those guys didn't make the trip. But yeah, basically Lenny and I think John Dunderdale were our most consistent linemen, Mm -hmm. and even John missed like two or three games that season. You know, and if we could have kept Steve too, Hoshak who was, like, one of the best left tackles on the planet. Like, if we could have kept him at left tackle all year and just kind of plugged everybody else in, we would have been in better shape. Did he stop
1: playing after the Decepticons?
0: Yeah, well, during the Decepticons, remember, because he had a – he got, like, a blood infection. He had, like, an issue with his kidneys. Yeah. We had major offensive line problems, and because of that, we were never able to uh, really get the the passing game running on all cylinders. But when you and Josh were on the same page, you did do some really good things – Um, like I said, unfortunately, we couldn't get you in the end zone, but there were so many times when you were like his lifeline. When like, when shit was on the line. I remember one play in particular where you really bailed him out was in that second enforcers game where you ran across the field and then down the sideline and you caught like a floater of a of a yeah, sideline yeah, yeah. pass and if it had been a better pass it would have been a touchdown because yeah. you were in front of the defender and you would have just, uh, just your momentum would have carried you into the end zone but I think the way you
1: threw it carried me out of bounds you
0: carried you out of bounds where mm-hmm. if it would have carried you into the end zone if it were a straighter like a throw yard. I think it was a corner yeah it was yeah, it, you the way you ran it, though, was because he basically did the normal Josh thing or I like to call it like the Ben Roethlisberger thing where he hangs onto the ball for 10 seconds and runs around <laughs> where I think you were running a corner. But by the time he threw it, you actually ended up going Carry down up the sideline side to get it. And again, with his arm strength, he still threw that shit like 40 yards, but it was like a dying duck. And if he had thrown it better, straighter down the field it would have carried you into the end zone, but you still made the catch, but it took you out of bounds yeah. and you were about five yards out. Cause I think the very next play we ran in it with Kegler. So we definitely missed some opportunities there because then there was also the, like we said on what we call the music city play where the, the inside slot runs a, a deep post you ran a perfect skinny post and caught like a nice laser of a 40-yard pass, but you stepped in a divot. and There was this (laughs) massive, massive sand crater. It was like a sand trap. That's what it was. It looked just like a sand trap on a golf course, and you just ate shit, and you were about three feet or six feet from the end when that happened. And then there was the, uh, the sand holes come back every season on that damn field. The double reverse pass that we ran, where Josh was actually lined up at receiver, and we did the wildcat thing. He That's caught right. he caught the toss and the reverse, and he bombed it to you about forty yards down the field, and you caught it, and then you ran an additional forty yards with it, but you got caught from behind yeah. ag- again about five yards outside the end zone. Yeah. How did that guy drag you down, by the way, because you I never were... saw
1: him. <laughs> <laughs> I remember going up and catching the ball and getting slammed in the back when I caught the ball. And then, obviously, that defender hit the ground and I didn't. Because that's
0: what happens when people <laughs> run into you. They just fucking fall down. I, just, so.
1: I was surprised for a second. I think I froze for maybe like a split second and turned around and started running. I didn't think anybody was anywhere near me. I don't know if I slowed... It was so long ago now, I don't remember if I slowed down or...
0: No, maybe did, I mean, slow. like if you watch the film, like, like I just I, didn't see
1: him. didn't actually, didn't uh, feel. Him. I can.
0: I can probably find it on here. If you, if you <laughs> yeah, <know>. it's not. <laughs> but it, you didn't. I, I just didn't have any you awareness. Didn't that he was slow down. Me. I actually was. I probably ex- could
1: have. Uh, you know, took a different angle. Well, yes,
0: because because if if you do watch it back, what what you should have done, and what I think we were all expecting you to do, was to cut back to the inside because he was he was catching up to you from, from the, the sideline side yeah okay. and if you had cut it back to the middle he would not have been able to get the right angle to catch right. you even though he was clearly faster than you because you know he was, it was running you down from like 30 yards away i think i
1: was expecting chris to block him
0: yeah I remember uh, now. he whiffed chris on it. yeah there? yeah yeah chris okay. whiffed on that block i think i think but I regardless think didn't see him whiffed, so. regardless if you had cut it in if so. you had cut it he wouldn't have been able to get there and actually if you had cut it chris would have probably smacked him you know probably,
1: yeah. so have brought him to him
0: yeah so, yeah, there was that. <laughs> there was that. <laughs> Regardless, you were still the leading receiver on the team. I'm pretty sure you had, like, 200-plus yards receiving. You had about 21 or 26 catches.
1: I averaged over 10 yards a catch.
0: Yeah. That was the thing was if, if, if you could have – if if Josh could have found you on a more consistent basis in our passing game, could have worked better. And I probably should have called more quick slants because you guys had a really good slant game going, the two mm-hmm. of you. And I liked the way you ran it was different, too, because – even though I might have called like forty nine er, which was outside quick slants and stuff, you would actually take it deeper and and give Josh True more steps. of that break, so Josh could put it farther down the field. And you might have made that adjustment because you noticed early on that Josh had a ton of heat coming off of all of his short passes. So,
1: and <laughs> yeah, my pinky knows all about it. But you
0: always bro- you always broke the uh, uh, the slants a little deeper and gave him a little more room to hit you. Um, so you did have a pretty good slant game. I think your two best routes though overall were the post and the corner. Yeah. You always broke. Corner those my
1: favorite route. You, I
0: know. It, and, and it was my favorite route to call for you because you always laid out for it. You were always going to take that, that ground on yeah. that pass. So I loved calling Baltimore with you in the slot and, yeah. and then running the corner. Also putting you in that inside slot position when we went, uh, with the trips to the right and running A&M smash right. The whole reason why I made that play was for you. <laughs> was <didn't> <laughs> was so that because you were either going to be the corner front side or the back side.
1: What was the route combo on that side
0: again? So, right. So so and smash right was basically a concept that we took from Texas A&M because it was something Johnny Manziel did. And uh, it was a smash concept where the outside backside receiver ran your uh, post. The inside slot receiver front side ran the corner and the corner was over the top of a double dig. You remember, the, That's right, five the and middle, and a yard dig. yeah, the middle slot receiver ran like a seven to eight yard dig, and the outside receiver ran a ten yard dig. And right. we actually had uh, because we made some adjustments with finding out how guys ran routes and spacing was always an issue with those guys. We actually changed it so that that outside receiver would almost run like a pause dig, almost like a deep curl, and then dig it, you know, cut across the middle or whatever. But that was a concept taken directly from the Texas A&M playbook, and it was from the years that Johnny Manziel was playing, and that's why I called it A&M Smash. So we had the A&M Smash left and A&M Smash right. Anytime we ran either Music City, which was a post over the middle from that same position, or the A&M Smash, which was a corner from there, you were always in that position. Even though for the rest of the the plays in Panther, which was our trips right, you would be in that middle slot, so not the innermost yeah. slot, but the one between the slot and the uh, the outside receiver, because we would do a lot of the deeper outs and the post from that that position to you and stuff too. So we always had um, you running those posts and corners. It was just like it was your thing, you know. Like um, I tried to set you up as much as possible in Corner those positions. Was definitely my favorite route. Yeah, I, I, I basically always tried to make sure you were in the position that was running the corner when it was called <laughs> yeah. because you just you ran at the best. Uh, like I said, you were always going to catch that ball. Even when Josh put it in an uncatchable position, like you always caught those balls, and it usually led to you peeling yourself <laughs> up off the turf. That, mass full of grass. One of those is how you got that concussion when you landed on the back of your head because you had to twist – to catch like a sideline pass from a corner, and that's how you smacked your the back of your head on the ground yeah. in that that's helmet. Times. Yeah, like I said, you ended up with like uh, over 200 yards receiving, over over 20 catches. You definitely averaged over 10 yards a catch. You didn't get any touchdowns, but you did have the. I think, the longest and the second or third longest reception in yeah. the in the record books for the top because one was like 60 and the other was 62 or 65 and the other one was like 48 or something like that. But you were on the list twice for the longest receptions in, in team history, so – so that was pretty interesting. Quentin would have had you if it were if we counted the preseason, but preseason doesn't count because he had that 52 yard <laughs> bomb in the second or third play of the game against the soldiers. That's right. But just from a regular season standpoint, like you basically had all of the deepest catches, and you consistently because you did have some of those shorter slants, but we always went deep to you, so you got a lot. You got a lot of like 20 plus yard, you know, uh, posts and, and uh, corners and stuff. So, so. After that, you went to the War Eagles. Basically, that that the war that Eagle, was basically. my former yeah that was my former team. The Decepticons. We then branded the team as the War Eagles because we were basically aligning with the East Lake Youth uh, Junior Eagles. Mm-hmm. And um, you know we could have been the East Lake Eagles, but I wanted a little more spice, <laughs> a little more a little more flavor. So we added the war to it, and we became the War Eagles. I obviously, you know, we talked about this before, but like I did not last because uh, I was already burnt out when we started the preseason, and then the preseason didn't go the way we wanted it to. Outside of that one game where we all went off, it seemed like everybody did something great in that in that, in that one game. Um, Which game was that? The Pirates. Pirates. Yeah. Yeah, sure. dude. Everybody was firing on that game. I know. It seemed just like everybody on offense got something good. Everybody on defense got something good. That was just such a crazy performance. But it was after that 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 burned me out because just we didn't get a turnout to the Patriots. You're playing like basically the number two team in the entire country, I'm and and you can't game. even and you can't even show up to you know to show out and 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 support your team and show like hey we're for real this time. We had so many guys flake out on us for that. Yeah, the Patriots spanked us, but it could have been a much better game. Yeah, and we we know that after watching that film, you know, we
1: Didn't basically. You know, scored two or three touchdowns against them.
0: Twice, yeah, yeah. and he had uh, several big plays against them. But yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he scored. A, he scored an offensive and a defensive touchdown, and he had a long bomb from from uh, Mark too. But it was like, a, or not Mark because I think Mark yeah, he and he went up in like triple
1: coverage and caught it. That
0: was the touchdown. He, oh, he yeah, yeah. literally, he literally, the defenders didn't even see him coming because they were all perched waiting for Josh's bomb. Like it was a it was a reverse. It was, but Josh, they, it was Josh in this case because we ran the reverse. And everybody, I think they just read it right away because nobody even tried to go after Josh. So they all dropped and there was like three defenders out there that Josh bombed it to. And Damo was like running out of nowhere. Damo was running his ass off to catch it because Josh put it out there so far. The defenders were parked underneath it like a center fielder with like the sun in their eyes. And then Damo comes running out of nowhere and snatches the ball right in front of them. And you can tell that none of them were expecting it because then they all watched him run right by them, and as they tried to catch up, they all tripped over each other, took yep. each other out of the play. So, but yeah, like it just the the turnout for that, and then the soldiers' game weren't good, and I was already burnt out, so I I I had to say uh, see you later, and I took off, and then uh, your best friend basically took over the team who I had brought on as a coach and. And then from there, you went from being one of my highlights, one of my my, my top guys. You were definitely, like, in – you were going to be a major part of my offense no matter where I had you at tight end or receiver or whatever. I liked that I had a nice little hybrid thing going with you where I could literally put you wherever I wanted and you were going to do exactly what you were supposed to do. Uh, But then you go from that to uh, now your best friend's on the uh, – you know, the the head coach and the owner of the team, and he benched you.
1: (laughs) I think – I talked to him about it a few times. He actually he actually brought it on to me that he didn't want the rest of the team to think he was playing favoritisms with me, so he kind of gave me the cold shoulder.
0: But you were one of the best players on the team. So it's, you know.
1: Probably fallen off a little Whatever. since then. Didn't didn't have
0: kids. Didn't make any sense. And no, at the time you, you, at the time you were still one of the best players on the team. Fast forward one and two seasons later, <laughs> yes, you, you fell off a cliff. But but at the time you were still performing at a high level. And you were still even though I know a lot of talent showed up for that team. You would have definitely been one of the best receiving options because, um.
1: I still think I would have fit in well. So many Uh, of those. At least in a rotation with those receivers. Yeah, so
0: many of those guys, man, just. A lot of those
1: guys were fast, but couldn't catch.
0: You know, I call it the, uh, look like Tarzan, play like Jane Syndrome. You know, they look like a million, they look like a million bucks, but they just can't play the position. And there were a couple of guys that really, they looked like a pro receiver, but then they couldn't. You know they just couldn't put it together. Right. Meanwhile, you show up with your lunch pail and a little bit of chub hanging out of your <laughs> of your belt, <laughs> and, and uh, uh, you're still you know making miraculous catches and and you know diving like every time you got a shot, you you still made a play. But you basically at that point were moved from receiver to defender. I don't remember what position they moved you to on defense, but there was a season where you were just strictly defense. Oh,
1: I played. Um, no, I played a little bit of defensive end. Actually, uh, defensive end. I never played. Because um, when I came back to I never the team, played, like defensive backer. Because basically a season, I was a it.
0: season and a half later, they brought me back in, and I was going to be the offensive coordinator. And by the time I got back, I was told that you were not going to be available to me because you were going to be a defender.
1: I think I was, um, yeah, defensive end. That makes no I was sense. actually, I was actually told by some of the coaches that I was. Pretty good at defensive end, considering I'd never played it.
0: Well, like you know, we've talked about this before, but like any time I had to plug you in to play anything, you did it well. You always, you Except were, for middle. you were okay. one of you were one of the guys that 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 led the team in special teams tackles. Like every time you were on kickoff, punt, whatever it was, yeah. if you didn't make the tackle, Chris made the tackle, and it seemed like it was always a competition between you and Chris Sullivan to see who was going to get the most special teams tackles that week. But you were always yeah. really good at special teams tackles. Anytime we had to put you somewhere, you were at least serviceable, which is a hell of a compliment considering some guys just couldn't even play. You know, Mm -hmm. But you always ended up playing wherever we needed you to, and you did it well. But it's the thing of, yeah, you may be able to play defensive end, but why would you take somebody away from their best spot when you have other people who are better at the other spot that they're putting you at?
1: Yeah, I think I gravitated towards defensive end because of the the lack of attention I was getting at receiver. And yeah. I just I thought maybe at that time I'd get more yeah. probably more playing time or something.
0: There's there's definitely one rule that I would never have broken with you is if if you're not gonna play offense, at least every time you're in the red zone, you gotta be in there. Like you have to because of your ability to and it's just something natural. It's unexplainable. Your natural ability to score, your natural ability to make big plays when they matter and and so like when they an count and stuff. Ability to get open too. Right. Almost so, like a
1: Jason Witten. He's not the fastest. One, it's or the like biggest tight yes, end, yeah, and it's even like, open.
0: and 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 even when you're not open, you're open because of the way you play the position. You almost and this is why I think. We were talking so much about you switching to tight end because in that season where we went from Decepticons to War Eagles, you and I had talked a lot about you permanently making the switch to tight end or at least getting a lot more playing time at that position yeah. because I was going to be so heavy, you know, heavily focused on the tight end, which was something we didn't really have the season before when you were playing wide receiver. Right. We could have done a lot of really great things with you playing tight end. Even if you're not open, you play it like almost like Antonio Gates or um, any of the basketball players that, that played the position, right? Like Because tight end is usually a natural basketball spot for like a yeah. power forward. You would always like shift your body, box the defender out from behind you. Exactly. Yeah. It's like when you ran those deep slants, you always boxed out. And even though the guy would be on you because, again, you're not the fastest guy in the world – But you would box them out, make a good hands catch, and then, you know, shift away from them so they can't tackle your big body. And then, you know, you could get your extra yardage or whatever. And the only time anybody ever tackled you anyway was if they got you by the ankles, you know. Anytime somebody hit you from the knees up, you weren't going down, so – Like I said, I I would have made it so that even if you're going to focus on defense, you're definitely in my red zone package. But, again, I'm different from the coaches that you played for after I left in that uh, I'm very, like, package-centric. I like to build packages for players. I like to uh, accentuate players' specialties. And one of the things that you specialize in is making big plays, so I would have put you in those positions inside the 20-yard line all day because it would have – Greatly increased their chances of scoring points, which was, we'll we'll note that after I left, you know, came at a premium. So <laughs> points didn't come easy when I, after I left. So, and then uh, a year later, you you basically come back one more season. You thinking you're going to do it, and you tore your knee. Yeah. Week
1: one, uh, second quarter, on a kickoff, non-contact. I was the I was the outside guy. I was just yeah. running down the field and yeah. took my ang- I went to go take an angle towards the ball carrier and pop. Jesus.
0: Yep, that's the worst way to go out too, especially for a guy like you who plays so much physical football and stuff to go out on a non-contact It'd be, injury.
1: Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'd feel more satisfied probably yeah. if I got taken out by yeah, somebody right. who just destroyed me. Yeah, yeah, but just running get your down head field taken off or something like pops, that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. a whole a, it's a, a whole way, kind of way to go out. Yeah, it is because there's no there's no payoff to it, right? Like you you know, oh cool, I, I guess I'm done now. <laughs> like, yeah, It was. sucks. You know, I uh, in the back of my mind, um, I
1: knew something had torn because anytime you hear a pop with uh, any type of body part that has ligaments, something's usually popped out of place or right. broke. Right. So, but um, in the back of my mind, I was just hoping that it was just you know like an MCL sprain or something like that. But as soon as I got the MRI done, he came in and uh, the doctor, and he's like, yeah, you have a full separation of your ACL. So uh, you have two choices. You want to play football or any type of sports or strenuous activities with your legs ever again, you got to get the surgery. Yeah. If not, you don't need to get the surgery, but you know you probably get arthritis and shit in your leg later on in life.
0: So you have elected to uh, not have the surgery and just not play?
1: Uh, for now, yeah, I'm um, still uh, weighing my options on the, the on the surgery. So, so the, is there like
0: a timeline there? Like, is there? He like, told me three
1: months. So this was in February. He said, <laughs> he said he said he said not. You know, in three months, he recommends you get the surgery yeah, like, done. In three months, so you have less of a chance of complication. You know, it's higher success rate. So the
0: bigger the window gets, the the, the yeah. more the more recovery time you're going to need for this.
1: Um, I'm not so much sure as recovery time. What happens is, is when you tear your ACL, um, if it heals on its own without getting surgery yeah. scar tissue heals where the ligament right. was right so that scar tissue even if they scrape it out and you know yeah. put a new acl in yeah. um the scar tissue will still build around it the longer you wait the more yeah. scar tissue there'll be
0: yep yep well
1: that's my interpretation of how you explained it yeah to yeah, me.
0: yeah 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 no it makes sense so so then it becomes an issue of if you decide to have it done yeah you gotta have it done soon And then if you don't, you should probably just not.
1: Yeah. I think if, uh, if I go more than a year or so, yeah, probably not going to get it done. So it's already been, and
0: and, and at that point, if you're just, at that point, if you're just like living a normal life and shit, it probably won't be a problem. Yeah.
1: It's not affecting my ability to work right now. So
0: So, any good stories, any, any good memories that you, uh, can think of,
1: um, good stories, just a story in general. Um. Say probably the funnest team I ever played on was that Decepticons team.
0: Yeah. So a, <laughs> that's like everybody says that's, that.
1: It's, that's gonna be um that that'll be the team I probably remember forever. Yeah. Just how much fun we had on that team.
0: We did, even and that's, if we
1: didn't have, you know, the number of players yeah. or you yeah. know, the amount of offensive it's, linemen it, we needed to
0: It seemed like those games. Even when we lost we had fun, yeah. I feel like. Yeah. In those games where we ended up having to use guys that we wouldn't normally use at different positions, like offensive, defensive line and shit, Mm -hmm. those were the games where we really came together, even if we were losing, you know. Uh, Because it's a numbers game. I mean, when you take 12 guys to play a 55-man roster, and that team is fucking huge. It's a war of attrition. Eventually you're going to run out of gas when you only have 12 guys. And one of our 12 guys got ejected. The
1: score was 14-7 to at halftime. They were up by
0: one touchdown. Yeah, and and that was the thing was we were in that game. But then in the second half, the wheels fell off because everybody was dead. Dead. And it was middle of the day in the summer, and it was like freaking 95 degrees. Everybody was dead, you know. By the time Josh got that interception towards the end of the game playing defense, They were already on like their second string guys. I think the quarterback was still in the game, but like most of the guys that started the game were not playing in the game. And we had we came with thirteen. One of our guys got ejected in the first five minutes for fighting. It was Quentin. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you should call him out by name <laughs> if he listens to this podcast and be like, "Shane, call me out." But uh, I um, love Quentin. He knows. That I know. Him. Yeah, it, Quentin's one of my boys, man. I wish him nothing but the best. But yeah, Maybe get and, him on the podcast, he man. got ejected. I would love to have him on the podcast. Actually, I would love to talk to him about like his rise. You know, because yeah. like he went from.
1: Oh, he's a star over there. Yeah. The West Coast.
0: Yeah. Um, that's. And memories, <laughs> <laughs> just all the crazy stuff that we've been through, man. A lot of crazy
1: stuff on those road trips like and yeah, those away games too.
0: I uh, really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, I would definitely love to have you back. And anytime that uh, you know Damo can't make it, uh, you're more than welcome to come be my my guest host. You're not that far away, so yeah. so anytime you want to do this, man, you got a uh, an open seat right over there on the couch next to my big boy who's just laying there staring at us what's up brian <laughs> i'll take Damon's job yeah. <laughs> he's gonna hear that and he's not gonna be happy about it <laughs> and he like i said you want to come back we can get you on the schedule i would love to actually it would be really good to get into some of these games and like go through the highlights and just kind of like talk maybe we can get josh in here and we can all just kind of like talk about what we remember when it happened and and just break it down it'd be really good for the listeners too so hopefully we can get that shit on video that would be Absolutely. really helpful but we'll go ahead and get out of here. I appreciate you coming out, Shane, you know, for my normal co-host, Damo, who's not here, and myself, Coach Casey. We are semi-pro inside the locker room.